Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and ClearVista Financial are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investments. Welcome, decisions. everyone. I'm Certified Kingdom Advisor Mark Trice, and you're listening to the Spend Life Well Show, where we w- weekly we talk about biblical wisdom and how it applies to your financial journey. I'm joined, as always, in the studio by Jesse Hamilton, fellow financial advisor. Hey, listeners. And this week, folks, we're Jesse. We're going to talk a little bit about an investing playbook. We're right in the middle of college football season, which is one right. of my favorite times. So we thought we'd be right on brand and talk about some different plays because you know you're you're at a different place on the field. You're going to run a different type of play. And and I was trying to come up with some clever uh, quote from a coach. And okay. Jesse and I argued whether it should be Nick Saban or Grant Taff or <laughs> Dave Aranda or whoever it might be, but we just couldn't find any quotes that were dealing with investing <laughs> that came from coaches. But you know, if you're the uh, perfect, uh, well-suited armchair quarterback, you're going to enjoy this episode because we're going to talk about different types of fundamentals and strategies when it comes to investing. Right, some of the basics. So Jesse, this week's verse comes from eleven Ecclesiastes 11.2, which is, Divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. And that's why we're kind of going over the, some of the fundamentals and how to develop your investing playbook. Here. That's right. So, so let's, let's spend just a moment, Jesse, talking about you know, these fundamentals and, and why they're essential. Yeah, we're going to cover the more basic items, stocks, bonds, that kind of thing. We'll get into maybe some alternatives, looking... A lot of people have questions about what they really are. Um, You know, most people don't understand the difference between stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds. We'll cover all that. We'll also briefly cover the types of accounts you can use and tax strategies. Well, let's jump in with what's the difference between saving and investing? this, this, This may seem like they're one and the same. And they're really not. Um, saving, I think of as a, uh, setting aside money for a short-term goal. Okay. And that might mean I'm saving for a down payment or a purchase of a, of a car. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go out and invest it and risk it too much. So saving, we might equate with t- potentially lower risk types of investing. Right. These are bank accounts, CDs. Um, this is my maybe where you keep your emergency fund. Exactly. Versus investing is maybe a more long-term goal. You're trying to make those assets grow over time. You're trying to buy various investments that will create value for you and grow in price, grow in income, all kinds of different things. But we shouldn't use investing for a short-term goal. That's right. If you're you have this pot of money and you think you're going to buy a house in the next 12 to 18 months, you're not going to want to go buy a bunch of stocks. No, and 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 that would that would p- be putting too much risk into one particular in type of investment. And and let's talk about that for just a second. Just the concept of a risk and return. Okay. You know, if if we put our money into a, a basic CD at a bank, we know exactly what our return is going to be. Right. Very very low risk. Very low risk. If I if I'm putting it into a, my money into a stock or a real estate investment or or maybe a mutual fund, we don't know what that return is going to be. That's now, right. we have certain biases that people fall into to think that, okay, well, it made 10% last year, so therefore it's going to make 10% in the future. And that's, that's not, not true. true at all. No, that's not true at all. That's why they have, 
you know, the commercials, when you're watching your favorite football game, they have all the different investment commercials that come on there. And the guy says real quickly, or maybe they have it in the fine print at the bottom of the television screen, it says past performance is not indicative of future results. That's right. There's a reason for that, because you are taking a risk. Even if these products are very well designed and they have historical returns, we don't know. And, and a lot of people hear that past performance or the current performance as that's what the future will hold. And in reality, with investing, you have to be willing to lose your money. If you're if you're not, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be investing in those things. Right. So let's talk about some common investment options when it comes to that. I think the savings we got pretty yeah. well down, but let's talk about common investment options. Go ahead and jump into that, Jesse. So first is stocks. And I think a lot of people understand this. There's shares of ownership of a company. And um, those can be heavily affected by the performance of the company, as well as market conditions. Um, stocks have a lot of potential to grow. They have a lot of potential to fall. That's right. And just because that's your favorite company doesn't mean that it's a, an investment that's suitable for you. That's right. And uh, they can they can be really fairly volatile when it comes to things. And some can be very seem like they're stable over time, but they can take a a hit anytime. What mm-hmm. about bonds? So bonds are a debt instrument. They're they're not like stocks in the fact that um, they don't trade the same, and they often pay interest rates, and they trade uh, based on their their value. Um, but they they operate differently. They're in the industry looked at as maybe a little bit less risk, but that's just not true either. Right. There's There can be risk with bonds as well. Um, we were reading a story about um, a particular company the other day, I won't say the name, but it was talking about how the bondholders that um, you know, it went through a dramatic shift and the market dried up for that particular company, and those bonds are, are worth 10 cents on the dollar wow. as to what they were when they first started issuing them. There's different types of debt. These are all debt instruments. Yeah, that was the government say, can issue a bond or a debt instrument. Yeah, it's all a, all levels of government, too. right? You know, municipal, federal, state, uh, corporations can issue debt as well to, as another way to raise capital. And the bond basically has a promise to pay a certain rate of interest and return of the of the principal over a period of a period time. Of time, yeah. So bonds are another way. Stocks are a different way. And then you got mutual funds. Yeah. And mutual funds are, are a different way to get exposure to a number of specific stocks or bonds and have a, a manager or a professional that's managing those stocks. But rather than going out and buying a share of 200 individual stocks, Jesse, we can purchase a mutual fund that might own those shares for us. And we are, allows us to diversify our investments mm-hmm. a little bit differently and it's a concept that's been around for a while there. You can get a, a stock mutual fund, you can get a bond mutual fund, and you can get a blended mutual fund that has stocks and bonds. Correct. Then there's exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short. This mm-hmm. is kind of relatively new. This has been around for a while. I think, you know, the, I was thinking of the one of the oldest ones, but I can't say the ticker because that right. we're not allowed to say that. It came but out it mirrors, in what, the 90s, I think? Uh, no, a little bit earlier than that, and it mirrors the S&P 500. Right. That's the one. But ETFs are, are kind of like mutual funds in that they're tracking an index of stocks. and They're not owning the individual stocks, but there are some different ways that they trade and so forth. Mutual funds trade at the end of the day only. ETFs can trade like a stock anytime through the trading day. Right. The price of an ETF fluctuates throughout the day. Right, whereas mutual funds are only traded at the end of the day. Right. And there can be some advantages and disadvantages of ETFs versus mutual fund. Each person is unique. 
you need to talk to a financial professional to see which type of investment might be right for you in your particular situation. Mm -hmm. Another type of investment might be real estate, right? right? This, this would be like physically owning the real estate. Uh, you could go buy a property or a home. That's the traditional way of doing it, producing rental income and appreciation. You can also buy real estate funds. It's kind of its own category here. And, and those are just, um, you know, five or so different categories of, in, of different types of investments that people mm -hmm. can. That's just kind of some of the basic stuff. But Jesse, let's jump into another concept, and that's risk and diversification. Right. So diversification spreads risk across several different types of investments. Um, generally, the way that the markets interact, they're not all doing well at the same time. And that also applies to your risk, which is going to be unique to you, where you're at in your age, your uh, financial condition, that's going to be specific to you. And this is why we brought in the verse from Ecclesiastes 11 too, mm -hmm. about spreading your wealth in different types of buckets. That's what he's talking about there is diversification there with that. And it's important to diversify your risk across many different things that aligns with your goals. Once again, it's important to talk to a financial professional that understands that. That's right. And, and how to handle your investments in a way that's going to help spread that risk out, or, or at least address that risk. Mm -hmm. Jesse, let's talk about some general investing strategy or investment strategies. Now, these are just a high-level introduction to things. That's right. We're not recommending any of these approaches to folks, but it is uh, something that um, we just want you to educa educate yourself about. So let's, right. let's jump into long-term investing. So this might be also called a buy-and-hold approach, compounding over time. And this is a, a great strategy for building wealth that might apply to you. It might not. But this is really looking at many, many years. We're talking decades of worth of investing. And that tends to be that tends to be what the majority of the financial industry is focused on. Mm -hmm. Buy something, hold it forever. And, and um, we, we believe that maybe that's not the best thing for everybody, but it is something that you can go to almost any cookie-cutter financial advisor or investment advisor around town, yeah. and they will follow that long-term investing approach. What about right. value investing? So value investing um, is identifying undervalued assets that are creating great revenue and have potential in the future. Um, they're stable. You know, usually value is the opposite of growth. We'll cover that in a second. But these are usually companies that are producing revenues and income. Yeah. And, and they tend to be undervalued for mm -hmm. their share price. What about growth investing? Growth investing is the other side of opposite of value, um, companies that have high growth potential. That they might not have a ton of revenue now, but they might hold a patent or something in the future that has a lot of growth potential. Okay. All right. And then explain to us, introduce to us dividend investing. And this might be something for someone that's wanting some type of regular income producing type stocks and things. That's right. So uh, these are generally stocks that pay on a regular basis, uh, a portion of their income back to the investor. And it's not always guaranteed. There are no guarantees with dividend investing, but these are people seeking to actually produce more income rather than changing the price of the stock. Right. And and that's a, a whole different complex strategy that you need to talk to someone to get familiar with that. Now, right. Jesse, most of us are not trust fund babies. That's right. So we don't inherit a huge sum of money to go invest. Most of us are putting a little bit aside from every paycheck and different things like that. 
explain to us about dollar cost averaging because this is really what the average investor is doing right. throughout their life. So if you have a 401k at your job and you contribute every paycheck or once a month you stack money into an IRA, this is dollar cost averaging. You're buying some investments high, you're buying some investments low, and overall they're going to average somewhere in the middle. And it's a great way to uh, regularly build wealth over time. And, and, and it's kind of strange because a lot of times we'll get questions from investors that, oh, the market's down and they're worried. Should they be putting their money to work? And we, we learn how they've been investing over the years. And, and really, that particular time was a perfect time for them to, buy, to put their money to work That's because right. they're buying stuff on sales. The way to think about that a little bit. Now, your particular situation may be different. You always want to talk to a financial professional about that. So, Jesse, what type of, of vehicles are there for investing for retirement? Because we, we hear all sorts of different things. We got IRAs, Roth IRAs, and 401ks, and B, and 457. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's a, an alphabet soup <laughs> of different types of vehicles. How, how would you best explain that? They can really be categorized into the tax implications. So, in accounts either pre-tax or post-tax. So, um like a traditional style of account, like your 401k, a traditional IRA, that's um, deductible usually, and you've not paid tax on it. Versus a Roth or a Roth 401k, you, you pay the tax upfront and it grows tax-free. And there, and there can be positives um, and negatives for each particular approach. Right. They both are, have their strengths. And, and it's important for you to understand that. Now, the tax laws have changed this last year so that a lot more investors are going to have options for Roth 401ks at their workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the limits, contribution limits, have going up um, in the, this this last year or this year right now. And so it's important for remembering and, and understanding the advantages or disadvantages for different retirement vehicles in your personal investment strategy. That's right. So let's jump ahead to alternative investments, and these are things that a lot of people ask us about sometimes. And, and they're confusing. They are confusing. The first one we'll briefly cover is a hedge fund. You know, these are for very high net worth people who want to take just astronomical amounts of risk and have potentially huge returns. They can afford it. They can afford to lose it all. And, uh, th- you know, this is what we hear about in the headlines. They do have a lot of potential, but often huge buy-ins and it's locked up for a long time. And it's usually someone that's a high net worth individual, as you said, and they can afford to lose a part of their portfolio yeah. with that. So hedge funds are, are for highly sophisticated investors. So is private equity. Yes, it is. And private equity funds are, are, are not quite as the same as hedge funds, but private equity funds are basically privately held companies that are generally investing in companies that are not on the public exchanges. That's right. There's all sorts of rules around them. There's tax consequences for investing in private equity. You always want to make sure that you're consulting your tax professional, your financial professionals, you know, all sorts of different people, your your attorneys and so forth, if you are considering investing in private right. equities. What about commodities? Because I cannot drive to work every day without hearing a, a uh, commercial for gold or silver or, you know, I even heard one for uranium the other day. Yeah. Um, what about commodities? These are physical things that can be exchanged. I believe that's called fungible. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, yes. Um, you know, things like oil, gold, physical elements, 
um, they are considered alternative investments and you can buy them directly or you can buy indexes that track them. So a lot of people ask us, you know, hey, should I be putting all my portfolio in, in, in things, something like gold? In fact, we were talking to someone the other day and they wanted to put all their portfolio into gold. Mm -hmm. we, we don't think that it's, uh, that's wise to do that. Uh, but your individual situation, maybe that is appropriate for you. But generally, when we're talking to clients about, you know, investing in physical commodities, something that they can keep and they're safe at home, we're saying, hey, do that in moderation, very small amounts. That's right. Because those are commodities are extremely volatile and they can go up and down mm -hmm. just like a roller coaster. Real quick, Mark, as we wrap up, I'll, I'll touch on crypto because everybody's asking the question and wants to call and say, should I put money into cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and Ethereum and stuff. This is a completely unregulated side of the industry. Um, there's a lot of risk on the table. And if you want to talk to us individually about it, we can give you our opinions on them. That's It's generally just a, a high-risk environment. and uh, It can take off like a rocket ship, and it can crash like a rocket ship. That's right, exactly. So it's very interesting. I do encourage you to learn a bunch, as much as you can, about it. But uh, right now it's unregulated. Yeah, and I think it will soon be regulated. But until then, we're we're kind of avoiding that yeah. or sidestepping that right now. Mm -hmm. So when you're evaluating investment opportunities, as we wrap up here, there's different types of analysis. Now we use all sorts of different types of analysis. We use fundamental analysis. We use technical analysis, and there's also qualitative factors. But you know, beyond the numbers, right? And like an totally. industry trend or management. What's appropriate for you and what's suitable for you is going to be unique to you. So it's important that you talk to an advisor, seek some, uh, some assistance and advice on how to structure your investments in your portfolio in a way that, that makes sense for you and your financial goals. Uh, I hope this has been a helpful topic. You know, take a look at our, at our YouTube page and our website for more timely topics of things that you might be interested in. Give us a thumbs up or a like uh, when you're visiting. That way we can make a comment. That way we can know if you're enjoying what we're doing if, and make some suggestions for future episode topics as well. That's right. And please share it with a friend if you learned something today. Yeah, always do that. Until next time, folks, you've been listening to the Spend Life Wealth Show. Have a great week.